Love is oneness, and that oneness is truth. And when we connect to this inner truth, all, everything opens for us because we can let go of the grabbing, this forceful grabbing of like separation and believing in my separation. When I see unity, I am not confined to any narrative or any definition or any human vessel that tells me what truth is. I do not prescribe to any narrative of samsara, of uh, moksha, mm. anything. There is only oneness now. Mm. I have a choice to perceive that oneness now within my heart and love now within my heart and that is the infinite present moment mm. and there's nowhere else to go. Welcome, beautiful souls, to season three of the Cosmic Love Antenna with your host, Harrison Ma. I invite you on a mystical voyage from the intellect to the soul, delving deep into the mysteries of love's spiritual essence and its divine unfolding. This podcast celebrates the peeling back of heart layers, revealing beautiful, profound lessons, interviews with loving spiritual seekers, and practices and tools to open up your heart to love's infinite wisdom. I'm so excited to have you and grateful that our hearts have connected. Enjoy the show. Hello, beautiful beings. I'm jumping in here right at the start to put a little disclaimer for today's conversation. As you can probably hear in the background, there's quite a bit of noise. <laughs> and uh, the main reason for that is I'm currently podcasting abroad in India, which is beautiful in many ways. But one of the downsides to this is not many areas for quiet podcasting. So in today's chat, I want to apologize for the sound quality not being up to scratch compared to other recordings in the past. But I promise that the content and the love and the frequency is in it just as much as any other episode. So tune in, tap in, and as always, I hope you get a lot of loving value out of it. Good morning, evening, afternoon, magical beings. Welcome back to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. Today is a very special episode for more than one reason. The first of which is today is the first in-person live i've done live episodes before but first in person in the 3d interviewing a powerful man and guest that i'll introduce here in two seconds so it's new and exciting for that i'm also if you can hear the birds and you can feel the frequency of the environment i am currently recording in india so there's kind of going to be three of us here today and uh, i hope that you can really open that into your heart today's topic is the mystical worldview, mystical teachings of the Kabbalah, and I have a beautiful friend, mentor, brother, mystic, the lovely Zohar from Israel. Zohar is a soul that I met while on my travels here in India, and he, as you'll connect to in a second here, is a big, powerful, channeled heart with a lot of teachings, a lot of guidance, and most importantly, a lot of love to give. So, Zohar, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. Thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for initiating this. Thank you. I'm really excited and I can already feel everything coming through. So let's, I think let's begin. I, I, I want to, I'm very excited to just chat with you in general as we always do. Yeah. But I think for the case of this topic today, the Kabbalah and having some kind of structure here for people to really learn. I kind of want to start sort of surface level and then we'll go deeper and see what comes through. Is Let's that? do it. Okay, good. So I'm very new to the Kabbalah and I think for people tuning in, I think a lot of my community will most likely also be new. So let's start with a definition, your definition. How do you, when people either ask you or you're describing to someone that's new like myself mm -hmm. 
what is the Kabbalah and why is it important? Okay, so with Kabbalah and definitions, we can go to so many directions, so many levels, so many kind of perspectives and dimensions because it's kind of like almost an infinite world of, of, of wisdom and kind of, um, of, uh, of practice, practices. And I think if we want a, defini a definition, let's go with the, with the word itself. Mm -hmm. what, what kind of the word entails, what it vibrates to us, mm -hmm. what it communicates to us. And in Hebrew, Kabbalah is a very interesting uh, word because it, it, it means literally receiving mm -hmm. and also acceptance. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, it's, it has those both dimensions that is both kind of a, a more feminine um, kind of, um, mm -hmm. a, um, kind of like a movement, mm -hmm. you know, that is an internal movement mm -hmm. of, of acceptance, kind of, of, of complete surrender mm -hmm. and of receiving, being a receiving vessel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is already really interesting. I'm already like really feeling a deep resonance to this. You know, a big intention of this conversation is really to look at not just the Kabbalah, but also the Kabbalah through the heart lens, right? To, through the and you know heart practices and love practices that I want to talk to you about in a bit. But you know, when you say Kabbalah means you know acceptance or receiving and acceptance. Yeah. Acceptance and receiving. Both. I think. I have a lot of stories, maybe people tuning in also do, of, okay, I can receive love, but I could also not be accepting it. Like, I could be receiving love from Zohar right now, but there could be parts of me that aren't accepting that mm -hmm. receivership. So, that, so, would you say, is there a significance that there's both? Like, that there's, that there's receiving and acceptance? What's, why both? I think, and that's that's beautifully because that's kind of where I was uh, continuing with this. So Kabbalah is both receiving and acceptance, mm -hmm. like it's translation, mm -hmm. and also it's it's form. It's uh, Hebrew is like a root language. Mm -hmm. So the root of Kabbalah is lekabel kibel. So it's kuf bet lamed, which is composed of the word heart, mm -hmm. which is lamed bet, mm -hmm. which is composed of an external and internal movement. Mm -hmm. Lamed is external, mm -hmm. Bet is internal. So it's unifying the external and internal into a heart, mm -hmm. into a channel. And it has Kuf, it starts with a Kuf. And Kuf is a word of grounding. Mm -hmm. of, it's, it's, a, it's one, if you, if you even look at its form, it's the most, um, how would you say it? It's, it's, a, it's even like a masculine. Mm -hmm. Because it's kind of it has a line, a narrow line that goes deep underneath the the ground, like underneath kind of the limit of the usual letters. Mm. So it start with this very very grounding, very forceful, very strong um, anchor of a, of a letter, and then the heart, mm. and then kind of like the meaning of this um, combination mm. is acceptance and receiving. Mm. And why Kabbalah is, I would say, is a more feminine movement because it is the in it's the wisdom of the interior realm mm. of all, mm. be, be the, the creation, kind of like the plus minus 3D or materialistic creation, mm. and the, the, the kind of spiritual worlds mm. of emanation, like it starts from kind of like a very, very uh, pure kind of God mm. awareness of perspectives, mm. and from that kind of it opens into kind of the projections of the worlds, mm. of the emanations. I want to speak about that, that pure God awareness part of Kabbalah. I read a um, interesting, I was doing a little bit of research before we started talking to really just have some, you know, places to go with this conversation because this is very new to me. I've, 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 I've started to learn about the Kabbalah and sort of Hebrew mysticism and just from being around people like you, like up until right up until I came to India, like all of this is new to me, right? And, but it also had, it, it's new, but it's not, right? And this is the interesting part. Exactly. It's, it's new, but it has like this beautiful mystical foundation that is in, in everything. That's in like, no matter like mystical Christianity, mystical Islam, mystical Buddhism, Hinduism, all of it. So I want to read you this and I want to get your thoughts. Uh, According to Kabbalah, only by describing what God is not can God be defined. Mm. God is without end, without spatial or timely boundaries. 
God is never illustrated in human form and is without gender. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you can speak to the significance of this in, in the Kabbalah and why it's so important. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that. It's, it's kind of like the base. It's, it's touching the base core of, um, of the wisdom. And I think, as you said, I want to touch about it. It has deeper, deep similarities, similarities to the mystical teachings of, you know, the Sufism, mm. Tantra, um, you know, the Upanishads. Yeah. Like it's kind of, it really goes into this core thing that is beyond culture, beyond religion, beyond uh, even our, our human identities, you know, our human kind of um, um, perspective. It's, it's just such a vast, vast uh, wisdom and touching with what you said, um, the Kabbalah, and, and I, I think I, I would note uh, where it's written and where it's explained uh, thoroughly in the book of Zohar, which is one of the main books uh, of Kabbalah. It's a very, very uh, deep, there's a, uh, different uh, volumes, yes. I would say. Yeah. It's the most famous, deepest. Yeah, it, one of the most. Yeah. There's the book of creation that is, uh, they say it's assigned to Abraham, that he didn't write it, but he kind of passed it on orally and then it was written under, uh, after the fall of the first temple. Mm -hmm. And then there's the book of tree of life. Yes. And the tree of life is a book that kind of gives you the world of the sephirot, yes. the spheres, yes. kind of like the, the kind of spiritual dimensions that we, we live in. So in the book of Zohar and in the tree of life, it starts by saying this. In the beginning or uh, prior to creation, prior to form, prior to any type of formalization, be it a thought, letters, uh, of course matter, any sort of an, an isness, mm. an, an identity that is like um, formulated, the infinite light filled the entire existence. Mm. And the infinite light fills the entire existence is the only truth. Yeah. This is the one truth of oneness, the one truth of love. In Hebrew, love and one is the same numerology. It's the same, it's the same thing. So the oneness of the infinite fills the entire existence. That is to say that there's only oneness, there is only love, there is only infinite light. That is your existence. That is my existence. It's beyond um, comprehension. It, it's beyond comprehension. This is the, the existence. Mm. And the existence of the infinite is beyond isness or is notness. Yes. You know, it's, it composes of both. It holds all contrasts. Yes. So it says in the Zohar, in the beginning and in the Tree of Life, in the beginning, the infinite light filled the entire existence. So prior to form, prior yes. to creation. And in order to be identified, as you said, or in order to create, in order to do anything and to be aware of itself, mm. the infinite light, created. before it created, brought forth what it's known as contraction, mm. tzimtzum. This is kind of like the, this is kind of like the most uh, primal movement of existence that it's kind of like, it contrasts, it, it creates a concealment mm. in order for, for it to be a, a void. Mm. And within that void, anything could be created. Mm. Within that void, there is self-awareness. Within that void, there is uh, a possibility of um, un unification mm. and connection. So I just want to sit with that for a little bit, because <laughs> a lot just to receive in everything that Zohar just channeled and shared. The question that comes up for me, this void that you're speaking of, as we are now here in form, is the void, one, accessible? And two, if it is accessible, what does that bring us? What does that help us to... So like, I, I give a very practical example. I, I speak to a lot of, I spoke to a person this morning actually. There's a lot of people in the world that are searching, looking 
for answers, looking for their purpose, looking for, okay, what's the thing that needs to be done, right? There's almost like a uneasiness that a lot of people have around the searching, the looking for this thing. But it, it feels like what you're talking about, this void, is almost like a fullness that is always there, like a wholeness that is always there, like something that, like a deepness that is always there that we can tap into. Yeah, it also says in the Zohar that the void exists within the infinite light. So the void is kind of a concealment mm. in, as, a, as a platform mm. in order for you to have a playground of uh, acknowledgement, mm. of self-awareness, of self-acknowledgement, mm. and of evolution and development. Mm. Without the void, without the platform of, if, if you will, blackness or mm. darkness, or a negative to the light, there is no space for movement for expansion and that is why the only way for the light the infinite to expand mm. because there's no expansion within infinity mm. is to create or to allow a severance or a separation within the light mm. that severance is also can be considered as an illusion but the illusion is not with this kind of a, um, a hidden malicious awareness mm. to lie to you. No, mm. this is your beautiful playground mm. to self-recognize, to know who you are as infinite beings. As the, as the unique soul expression that has that deepness of that infinite infinity. Yeah. The one knows it's one yeah. when it's becoming two. Yeah. You know? Or like the... I'm, I'm here to be in love but not just with oneself to be in eros with other versions of love yeah to have a reflection yes. there's a very strong concept in kabbalah called panim el panim which is face to face mm. which is also kind of like the two angels on the um, covenant mm. um facing each other when you have a face to face it says that the uh, uh, the divine uh, feminine attribute of God is revealed. It's mm. the, the the divine feminine attribute is the Shekhinah, and that mm. is revealed. It's a revelation of God. Shekhinah mm. is a revelation of God, mm. and that is revealed when you have a face-to-face -face encounter. And in order for you to have a face-to-face, -face, mm. you need to sever yourself mm. into supposedly different mm. entities, and then you can have a Shekhinah. Mm. Explain that word. The Okay, uh, Shekhinah comes from the root Shekhan, which is means to dwell, mm -hmm. to dwell, and it's Shekhinah, in Hebrew there is the gender, Shekhinah is feminine, mm -hmm. it's feminine, it's kind of like we see it as, or we feel it, like the, kind of the sense of it is the divine mother or the yes. divine attribute of, of the creator, which is a creator is a, is a masculine uh, a line yes. kind of force, like externalization. And Shekhinah is an internal, uh, round, yeah, circle, internal movement. And the Shekhinah is the dwelling of God. God becomes feminine when he has a vessel to dwell in. Because mm. a vessel is feminine mm. and the light is a masculine mm. attribute. Yeah, the light penetrates mm. and the vessel receives, mm. uh, is penetrated. So when God is penetrated by himself through the void, then he is feminine, mm. he is Shina. So in, in, in Kabbalah there is a he and a she yes. for God. It's not a it, it's always he or she. But Never that, uh, that he or she is not human. No, no, of that, course. That he or she is the divine masculine or the divine feminine. Yes. Which I think is a very important distinction because I was going to bring this up before. I'm happy it's come back. But that quote that I read you in, in regards to God is never illustrated in human form yeah. and is without gender. Yeah. Right? And what we're speaking about is both not human form or gender. When we say yeah. masculine and feminine, it's not gender masculine. No. It's not gender feminine. It's that the energy or yeah. the or the, the, the line or the circle, yeah. which, you know, I want to speak about this now because, you know, I've done many episodes of the podcast really speaking about how there, there, are, so, there are these beautiful, mystical, loving foundations in all of the world religions. And simultaneously, there's these layers of dogma and separation energy yeah. that cause a lot of fear and pain. Yeah. And it's very easy to... To, the, to then subscribe the whole 
mystical teaching or the whole mystical philosophy because of these series or these sets of dogma. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest uh, groups of dogma, other than the illusion of separation, yeah. is that yeah that, that, that the higher power, that our God, that our divine inner light is in human form, mm-hmm. right? Is, is something that I need to appease to and sacrifice to, and if not, that I'm not enough, that I can't be that, yeah. that which I appease to. Yeah. So I'm wondering what one what comes up for you around this and I guess how does the Kabbalah really sort of soothe these illusions and help us come back to what the divine truth actually is that's an amazing question thank you very deep I think that um, naturally human evolution human progression and human nature because we're here kind of um, as supposedly separate entities trying to figure these things out Mm -hmm. Um, based on our perceived separation, we live in mode of, of survival and fear, trying to kind of protect, trying to build, trying to communicate mm. our wills to each other. And the initial, the initial result of deep-rooted fear of one separation is it's the externalization of the divine, mm. the externalization mm. of the leadership, mm. the externalization the of the power that is beyond the ego, mm. or that creates a collective ego, the externalization yeah. of it. But it's a beautiful and natural first mechanism, first movement mm. to realize thyself, mm. realize the one. So the first movement is the externalization of God and that is in our culture mm. is perceived through person, personification. Mm. You know, Jesus or Krishna mm. or, or yeah. something that or Buddha has a form that has a name, that has an image that I can relate to as a human. And that is very, very basic to our human needs. The second, I think, movement that is happening, and after that I'm going to talk about the Kabbalah because Kabbalah doesn't speak about Mm. either or, it's beyond. The second one, I think it it holds our fear of of the psyche, of Mm. ourselves, not just like the world, the realm, the external, it's the the fear of the inner infinites, Mm. and that is called the fear of going crazy Mm. or the fear of going beyond and lose your mind. When we cross that fear, when we go beyond that beautiful internal portal and, and do this internal shadow work of fearing this inner psyche, conflict, war, um, gates, whatever you want to call it, we find a divine element within. Mm. And that is, uh, that is kind of like when we can realize that we are one because there is an ego, um, not necessarily death, but an ego cleansing and, and mm. Releasing. Uh, releasing the hold of itself from fear. It holds itself because it does not feel protected. Mm. When it can feel protected from the externalization of God as a personality and then realizing that personality is you because all is one without a second, mm. then you can go into the world of Kabbalah without going quote-unquote crazy. Because mm. in Israel, in Judaism, it's a thing. Don't uh, learn Kabbalah because you're gonna go crazy. When I asked a rabbi like 12 years ago or something or 10 years ago that I, I told him that I want to study the Zohar, he said, oh, don't don't go near this book. Mm. There's a big fear of um, those realms and teachings like there is in Tantra. I think I've spoken to you about this before but and I've spoken about it on the podcast a lot. That fear in itself creates something, right? Like even if the fear... Well, I mean, I would say all fear is illusion, but let's like you know make it more. Yeah. Let's say that we understand that that fear is not real. Yeah. But the but the actual continual projection of it makes it real. Yeah. Right. So even if, and you know, we're saying that there is like the, we can move through this craziness, but that thought form that is is created that this is something that's going to cause pain or challenge is sort of layered on top like the dogma in all the other religions are layered on top of all the mystical loving foundations yeah. and it becomes real. Yeah. It becomes real for, the, for that new person that wants to actually learn and open but then there's this almost entity-like uh, structure that's sort of stopping the, 
person from surrendering to the tr real truth of it all. Yeah, that is what you said is the blockage of the Shrina. Mm -hmm. When the Shrina is not revealed. That, that's mm -hmm. why the beauty of the Shrina is a movement of either contraction and, and concealment or of revelation. God dwells and is revealed when you allow yourself to release and cleanse yourself from those barriers and fears and walls. And I think the, the preservation of that fear that you talked about, mm. or the dogma, is the preservation of an externalized God that can be uh, taken form as a religion or a dogma or an, a, a human entity that yes. can dominate. Yeah. Once there is an internal movement towards within, realizing that all is one, and you are a point of awareness within the infinite, which the Kabbalah mm. speaks about, um, then you have a revelation of your of your feminine attribute. That's when the masculine and feminine um, come together. It's called a zivug. It's called um, kind of a unification. Mm. That's really like a flesh to flesh mm. kind of thing. Mm. Of God, and of the Creator, and the and the Shekhinah are, are, which is one, of course, are. Um, you unifying and then there is a revelation within one's yes. heart yes. yeah well, that's a beautiful image I when I am sort of coaching and teaching people around twin flames I try and support the remembering that twin flame is not external right we can we can find reflections of the twin flame in people that we come into our lives but the deepest twin flame will always be the heart of God that lives inside of us. And that heart of God is, I like to have the image of a heart, and it's split through the middle, you know, the right being that masculine and the left being that feminine, coming together in wholeness, like you're saying, to create that full heart of God together. Beautiful. That is like the Sephirot, the yeah. Tree of Life. It literally speaks about that. That's the Tiferet, that's the heart, Sephirot. So, beautiful segue. I want to speak now about the heart specifically and what is in Kabbalah and the Zohar and these mystical teachings what is the role of the heart in one's spiritual awakening journey why why is it important is it spoken about and yeah let's let's dive into this okay great there's many, many schools of thought within Kabbalah. There's many different teachings, so definitely it's, it's spoken about. I'm gonna go into kind of like the more sourcey, like uh, Tree of Life, Zohar kind of stuff. Because there's after that, there's the movement of Hasidut, which is very much heart-centered movement. Um, I would even uh, connect it to say it, it reminds me of the Krishna um, devotional movement. But you know in the Zohar and in the Tree of Life, the heart is talked about as a portal dimension that is within the realm of, or, or the system of the Ten Sefirot. It's not uh, one portal, it's mm -hmm. a part of like a stream of, of connectivities and, and, and connections, different doorways um, to different attributes of the divine. Which is interesting already, right? The heart being doorways to different attributes of the divine, right? Yeah. Especially in relation to our multi-dimensional nature, right? I like to, I've spoken a lot about on the shows, the, the, and we have lots of connections to our multi-dimensional being, but the heart is like the main sort of like center point in which everything, like the, all the highways come out from. So that's an interesting point. If you look at the tree of life, there's uh, right, left mm. and middle mm. and the middle is one two three four sefirot one of them if you uh, consider another extra we're not going to talk about it four four ones and four ones is kind of like the middle way the middle way that is connected straight to the crown and one of them is the heart which is the tiferet which means mercy or you can say compassion. Mm. It's it's the first sefira that unifies left and right, feminine, masculine, mm. and, and 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 polarities, mm. and that's the first um, portal to unified polarities within mm. your 
existence is the heart mm. and it unifies the chesed, chesed which doesn't, doesn't have a translation in English. You can call it giving or loving kindness. It's giving loving kindness to the world. Yes. It's what the infinite wants to give to you. That's why the creation was created. It, it wants to love. And then the left is gevua, which is limit or a vessel or, or kind, of a, kind of like, a, you know, a boundary. Because yes. without a boundary, the, the infinite cannot give. Because yes. in order to give, you need a receiving vessel. You need a limit. Yes. So once you combine and unify the right giving and the left receiving limits, you have um, the next portal that opens in the tree of life, which is the tifelet, which is the heart. It's the heart of God, first of all, because we are it. It's beyond human. That's why it's, it's, it's uh, the tree of life is considered like the first human beyond, uh, be, beyond. It's kind of like maybe the science of the soul, if you want. And, um, and then, and then the, the tiferet, once it is uh, revealed or open, it's a channel to all the other mm. sefirot. And that kind of gives you a new severance between right and left, mm. which is domination and surrender, mm. which domination is important. This kind of like masculine sense of bravery and I can do it and I am confident and I'm going to go and conquer and I'm going to create in the world. I have this sense of uh, even a separate I am that wants to do something in this world. This is important. But then you have the left side of it, which is surrender. It's hod. Hod is gratitude. Without the gratitude and the surrender, you cannot actually bring fruits into this I am that is really like bring it on world. I'm going to do it all. I'm going to jump into the water. And then it creates another middle line, which is the assault, which is the sex. Mm. This is the sex can birth. Let's pause there. I want to come back to that for sure. Yeah. I want to speak about that sex portal and its relationship to Kabbalah and everything. Yeah. But I, I just want to share with you, and I think I've I can't remember if I've shared this meditation with you, but for people listening on the show, I think a lot of my followers have heard me talk about, either on the show or in the meditation, I often connect the heart chakra as a, a flowering lotus. And each lotus petal has a beautiful spiritual teaching or lesson or tool or practice that we can lean into, whether it's surrender, acceptance, forgiveness, compassion, uh, divine kindness, presence, mindfulness. And it, it just, you know, what you're saying around these different portals that open up. It's very similar to these different petals that open up. Yeah. Slowly. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it, it, to me, it's just like, it's reassurance that I think on this spiritual path, no matter what teaching, philosophy, or uh, reference point that we're using for guidance, in this example today being Kabbalah, there's this similar theme of it's, it's you never need to take all the steps you just need to take the one step the one teaching the one sort of lesson that's coming up for you right now in this present moment yeah yeah because the the allowing acceptance receiving and surrendering this kind of like shrina movement of allowing God to dwell in you without you needing to do anything mm. just accept and receive the light that allows you to open all the portals. Mm. That is the movement of light that comes through all the spheres. Mm. And as you said, like there is a lo lotus, the spheres are like a bubble within a bubble within a bubble yes. within a bubble. We yeah. say there's 10, but there's yeah. infinite because yeah. it says that the one, the last one touches the first one yes. like a circle yes. and they're infinite, yes. you know? Yeah, I was just, again, I was just speaking to this about with our friend Lily, mutual friend Lily, I was speaking about the different energy bodies. That's another structure similar to what you're saying with the bubbles. And our different energy bodies, while they are separate, they are always, they're all interconnected with each other. So if I'm doing something through my physical energy body, there is a part of my mental sphere or mental bubble that is, it's all weaving together and it's a beautiful dance. Yeah. I want to go back to the physical port, the sexual portal that opens up mm -hmm. in this in this Kabbalistic worldview. So what is 
what is the significance of this gate and portal opening it up and what is its connection to something you just said the the allowance of God being inside of you without doing anything like what is the connection between the sexual portal and that heart yeah the heart and the dwelling of God within the heart yeah um, so let's start with the first kind of middle middle line uh, sefira, which is not yet a middle line because there's not yet a right and a left, which mm -hmm. is the crown. Mm -hmm. It's like the channel within it through which the infinite can be finite, mm -hmm. you know, can mm -hmm. be a sphere. And then through that, there's, as we said, that there's chokhmah, it's the wisdom, it's the um, blueprint or the axiom mm -hmm. of, of code of the entire uh, spiritual universe, yeah. multiverse, whatever you want to call it. Then you have the bina, which is kind of like the mirror reflection of that wisdom in order for that wisdom to have some sort of um, expression. Kind of brings it into form, into mm. language, into anything. Mm. The bina is the left side of the brain also. And the chokhmah wisdom is the right side of the brain. It's called in the Kabbalah, father and mother. Yes. Their unification creates uh, dat, which is the awareness, mm. you know, the, the kind of the I am consciousness uh, of, of, of the self. And then, as we said, there is the giving, the receiving, the tiferet, the heart, uh, mercy or compassion. Then you have the domination, surrender, mm. and then you reach the sex. Mm. which is called which is interesting it's after domination and surrender after domination and surrender it, uh, it this the the it's called the sphira is called yesod which literally means foundation mm. it's the foundation of all mm. also in the secret element it's in the in the hebrew it's combined of the letter yud which is the um, holiest letter you can say it's like kind of a point in the Hebrew alphabet, the point of awareness, and then you have the word secret, sod, samech vav dalid. So it's like a point of awareness into the secret, and that is the it's the secret is concealed within the sex, and that is the foundation of all. And why is it a middle line? Because it unifies all the left and right um, polar, supposedly polar movements and elements of the, of divinity they want to dance with each other it unifies them all and in kabbalah beyond kind of like the sexual or, or life force element there is it's known as dvekut of, of like the ability or possibility of the one eye to see God within all, mm. within everything. Mm. Uh, the yesod within, through the sexual art organ, you have the portal and ability to see the divine, to sense the divine with, within this entire creation. And it's called dvekut. Dvekut literally means glue, to be glued to, mm. you know, to the one. Ooh. There's a big rabbit hole here. <laughs> it's infinite. Yeah, it's infinite. It's, it's an infinite rabbit It's infinite. Hole. But it's like, for me, you know, what's coming up is, and again, this is such a big theme throughout my show, of the sexual reclamation back into spiritual, religious, mystical devotion. Yeah. Right? There's been such a separation between the two. Right. Yeah. And we could speak a whole other conversation around the agenda behind that separation, but I think it's very safe to say that it's a separation again of power, right? Because as you're saying, this sexual illumination and this sexual reconnection is the gateway to more divinity, is the gateway to more godliness, is the remembering of unity and unification through sex. So. I guess I guess I want to ask: Is there a tantric version of the Kabbalah? So is there? So as we start to come back to this sexual portal gateway opening, yeah. What teachings are around this? Like, how do we, from the the, the Kabbalah lens? Like, is it just an understanding of how powerful it is, or are there? Practices much like we would look at in Tantra or like the, mm. you know, the microcosmic orbit and the mm -hmm. breath and mm -hmm. is there a Kabbalistic version of 
of these kinds of teachings? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. It, it's a question that takes my brain into many different directions. I think historically, the, the answer is yes. And historically, um, what is maybe not known, but more and more it is known now, and people write books about it, and there's a lot of research about it. The first Temple of Solomon was a temple that practiced Tantric uh, Hebrew mystical um, okay. you know, uh, teaching, practices, practices teachings. Uh, it's, it's written in the um, writings of Solomon mm. that can be found uh, in, in Israel, in Tzfat. Mm. Uh, that's what I read, and uh, it's hidden and concealed in our culture. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's something that we are afraid of, and there's a reason for it. I, I don't put a judgment on it. Mm -hmm. uh, Kabbalah is super vast. What mm -hmm. does that mean? It has black magic, mm -hmm. like Tantra. It has white magic. Why? Because you're dealing with the code of creation. Mm -hmm. So if people in, during the last uh, few thousand years have feared this knowledge and the Gnostics uh, try to even take that knowledge and to, to make it accessible to the Christian world and a lot of things. People fear this knowledge because this knowledge gives you a lot of power. Mm -hmm. And if your heart is not pure, mm -hmm. you can use the power to dominate yes. and control. And this is exactly yes. what happened with Tantra in, in India. Yeah. You know, the, the women or, or even, you know, men that put the tikka on the third eyes for protection because in, in past times it, it was used, the third eye was used to kind of like um, bring women, you know, in, mm -hmm. kind of like control and manipulate the mm -hmm. thought and you needed a protection. Within each ancient mystical thought, you deal with upper realms, so you mm -hmm. deal with powers, you yes. know, in, in, in Israel or in Hebrew Kabbalah, it's called Kabbalah Ma'asit. Literally, it's called practical Kabbalah. Mm. Practical Kabbalah has black magic and white magic. Mm. And it's black magic, it's basically just to say what is the t intention of the human. Mm. Because by essence, it's good. Yes. You're dealing with this powerful code. You know, you can like um, summon angelic realms and make them do things for you. Mm. You know, uh, this is how powerful you are as a human. You know, there are books about how to do it mm. in Hebrew. If the intention of the person is impure, it can use it for bad. Black if magic. Black magic. If the intention is pure, you use it in communion with the divine and you use it for unity. Mm. And that's why mm. there was there was fear from it, and um, people people are, are fearing this knowledge. And in India, people fear Tantra. I didn't know that before I came to India, but many people I talked about, they're like, oh, no, we're not touching Tantra. It really reminds me of the yes. conversation in, in Israel about Kabbalah. Mm. But more and more, the young people are allowing themselves to delve into this beautiful mm. wisdom because we trust ourselves, and we do it from connection. Yeah. And the, so. and the intention of love, I think there's so many souls now coming in that just are ready to go, right? ready to just like start showing up fully in their light and they have this beautiful intention of expansion and helping not just themselves but people around them and and that that's the conduit that they're going into all these different teachings around. I want to, I want to hit on something, I have a couple more questions before we finish. Yeah. And it's the practical side of Kabbalah. So we've spent now a bit of time speaking about some of the philosophies, the teachings, these deeper mystical foundations. But if people are tuning in and maybe they, they've been resonating with it, this is something they want to dive deeper into, other than going to like you personally or reading a book, mm -hmm. what's you know maybe one or two practical ways to really start and this is so important, like embodying the Kabbalah, not just learning and intellectually understanding, but embodying this mystical wisdom. Hmm. Again, many pathways. Mm -hmm. You say beyond learning, 
I do want to say that one of the most, the strongest, one of the strongest, powerful ways to immerse yourself in the practicality of it mm. is through the Hebrew language. Because mm. it's all about the codes. It's mm. about, we call it Tzilufeltiot, it's connection of letters. Each letter holds a specific light. Each connection of letters creates a, 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 an, 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 an emanation of, mm. of a more of unique, different, if you want to say different light. So this is the spelling, the spell, yes. the, the, the mm. literal, like it's the code of creation. And explain that because Hebrew is a, is like a, what's a, you've referred to it before, like a mother language. It's a, what's it called? There's a name for it. It's Sfat uh, Kodesh, um, literally the holy tongue. Mm. tongue. Um, it's, it, like, it, it's like um, uh, Sanskrit. Right? Sanskrit. There's another one, Sanskrit and... In ancient Egyptian. Yeah, yeah. Those three languages are known to kind of hold codes for creation. So once you know how to work with the vibrations of Sanskrit, with the letters of the and the vibrations of the of the Hebrew, and you know, ancient Egyptian is 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 mostly lost. You know, we have Sanskrit and Hebrew that people, a lot of people know. Mm. You start to play. I can use the action play with the internal realms of creation, mm. like you do within yoga practice mm. or tantra practice with mantras you do with the Hebrew letters. There's meditations mm -hmm. on not just the Hebrew letters, but actual um, the vibration, the sound that comes from each uh, nikud, it's each um, way to verbalize mm -hmm. it, each sound of frequency that comes out of the language. So um, that is, you know, I'm not going to say to anyone, go and learn Hebrew, but put that in your in, in your consciousness mm. that it's a very powerful, powerful, powerful tool. And, I, and I'll just say this, right, to your point of <clears throat> you don't need to go learn Hebrew. You can just be in its, in its frequency and things happen. I, I've joked with you about this and I've shared this on the show. I've spent, you know, almost five months now in India and 90% of my time has been around Israeli people and the Hebrew language. And yes, I've taken on some words, but the biggest impact that the language has had on me has just been being present in its expression. Right? Just having it in my awareness and being conscious of its um, vibration, as you would say has impacted me, right? Has has allowed me to open my heart or to say a certain thing or to feel a certain thing. So it's, yeah, I, don't, I think learning it is good, but just being open to receiving its frequency can also shift a lot. Yeah, and, and if you want, there's just meditations uh, you, can, you can listen to with like specific prayers or even just the word, the different words for God, which each holds like a, a very specific vibration mm. that is very holy and very powerful. Like, you know, Yehovah or Yahweh is like one of the most known mm. names and it holds within it so many codes once mm. you delve into the, the, the Hebrew of it, you literally see the divinity within that word. Mm. And yeah. when you say holds codes yeah. and accessing these codes, one could just go into a meditation for like 15 minutes, for example, and just listen or repeat it like a mantra and that's how they would access the codes? That's a way. That's a way. You know, you, you kind of allow yourself to be a vessel receiving yeah. and, and acceptance and also allow your imagination, you know, the image of God is also kind of a Kabbalistic mm -hmm. uh, idea. You know, it, it came from the word image in Hebrew, itzelem. Tzelem comes from tzel, shadow. Like we are like a shadow or a negative mm -hmm. of the light. Mm -hmm. You know, when God perceived himself or itself for the first time in the story of creation he saw light mm. and he saw the light was good itself perceived himself as the first attribute of goodness mm. and that is how the human perceives the divine good mm. this is how god perceives himself through its negative 
which is the shadow, which is the tselem, which is the image. And that is portrayed through human, because mm -hmm. human has the choice between the tree of knowledge, good and evil. And that's also a Kabbalistic idea. All of this came from Kabbalistic ideas that were prior, you know, during in Egypt, in Mesopotamia, you know, all, all like this, the whole, the, the Middle East. And it came into the East as well, to this land prior to receiving of the Ten Commandments and prior to the Torah, the Old Testament, this, this is a really strong uh, um, knowledge that is prior to all religions, actually. So the tree of knowledge, good and evil, dualism, you have this beautiful middle line choice in your consciousness to perceive goodness, God, and evil devil if mm. you want and then to choose what do you want to emanate do you want to be good or you want to be evil and none of those are a bad choice yes. because all choice is good yes. because choice is divinity yeah. your choice is your power and we dance this beautiful dance in the tree of life between the left side and the right side to find the middle path through the heart through the sex mm. you know going to the crown and going to the last sefirah sphere, which is the malchut, the kingdom. Jesus said the kingdom is within you. It's the malchut. Mm. Malchut is the literal creation. All of the universe is within you. Malchut is creation. It's the form or a physical creation and it's a spiritual creation because all emanates from a spiritual code and then it vibrates to a sense, a sensory system. So, um, you know, that, that is kind of like a no, knowing that we are, as humans, the negative of the light. You know, the light does, it says in the Kabbalah that a movement is being made in the upper realms mm. and it's directly and automatically shadowed or perceived in the mm. lower realms. Nothing in the lower realms exists without the higher, the higher realms that give it a reflection and a projection yes. so we perceive evil or darkness as wars or densities mm -hmm. these are the ways for the infinite light to perceive himself mm -hmm. as if you want if you will good or love because yes. love requires a negative or a non-love in yes. order to, to love, love yeah. to be love and realize what is love yeah, yeah. Hold that thought on love. So I have really enjoyed this conversation and it was as beautifully channeled and divine as I could ever expect it to be. So I'm really grateful for you in my life. I'm grateful for Thank you. the heart that you are and the teachings that you offer. If people tuning in, if people tuning <laughs> in want to find more information about you, they want to connect, they want to go maybe deeper into uh, Kabbalah and all of the teachings that you channel. Where can people find you? I know that you have a YouTube channel, for example. It's in Hebrew, the YouTube channel. Like, um, there's a series. You like, should do English. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, there's a series, a web series I did called Chazaral uh, Makor, which is... Uh, it, literally means uh, return to source, I mean, in Hebrew. Ten episodes. The last episode is about the Sefirot, and all of these episodes are about consciousness, Kabbalah, all those things, and there's English subtitles within. Um, so maybe uh, you can put a link, because yeah. it's, it's in Hebrew, the name of the channel. And then there's the teachings of the Zohar that I do on, the, on that channel. And there's an option for automatic uh, translation yes. in English. So if you, if you want, I know it's not the best translation, but it's possible. And, and I'll just say this, until the English comes, for people tuning in, I know a lot of my listeners really enjoy, I've had this comment so many times now, like just listening to these episodes with my voice, even if the topic resonates or not, there's a lot of value in just receiving the frequency. And Zohar and, and his work, whether you understand Hebrew or not, I think you will still receive a lot of the value in whether, whether your mind understands the language or not. So I think put on captions, translate it if you need to, but also know that even if you just listen and receive without actually intellectually understanding the language, something will come through.
Definitely. Definitely. My last question, Zoha, is yes. the path of this show is because a big part of my awakening has been connected to the remembering that my higher power, my higher consciousness, my God or the divine is this frequency of love that we've hit on yeah. a lot in this chat. Yeah. So I'm wondering, in your personal experience, yeah. how does Zohar define that love word? Mm. I think love is beyond definition because a definition is a barrier. And when there's a barrier, there's no infinite because there's a, some sort of a separation, a beautiful separation that allows for the one to know itself yeah. through finitude. But love, once we define it, and this is, the, I think, the reason why we're here, you know, one of the main reasons, to give it a definition so it could be something. Um, love is unity and love is truth. I don't believe that there is an absolute truth out that is not just love and unity, which is the word for God, Yehovah. The Yehovah the Yahweh, 26 in numerology, in Hebrew numerology, Gimatoya. Love is 13, one is 13, combined is 26. And the name of God is composed of love and one. That is the only absolute truth. Within that absolute truth, there is infinite perspectives mm. of perceiving that love and oneness. And that's the beauty of our unique um, journeys as souls, you know. Separate entities and unified entities perceived to be separate. So love is oneness and that oneness is truth. And when we connect to this inner truth, all, everything opens for us because we can let go of the grabbing this forceful grabbing of like separation and believing in my separation. When I see unity, I am not confined to any narrative or any definition or any human vessel that tells me what truth is. I do not prescribe to any narrative of samsara, of uh, moksha, anything. There is only oneness now. I have a choice to perceive that oneness now within my heart and love now within my heart and that is the infinite present moment mm. and there's nowhere else to go. Any externalized path is an externalized path and that's beautiful but is it the absolute truth? I think it's just a perception. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Zoha, for your presence. Thank you. I love you very much. Me too. And this has been a beautiful first experience for me for doing live and in person. So I hope to do more for everyone that's tuning in. I hope this episode brought you enlightenment, guidance, insight, love, or anything in between. If it did, please remember to share it out with a friend, a family member, or a lover. But regardless, until next time here on the show, we send you love, we send you light. And we'll see you again very soon. And thank you for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna with me, your host, Harrison. If you gained value or this episode hit your heart, please remember to share this out with a friend, a family member, or a lover. You can also leave your love over on Apple Reviews and Spotify Star Feedback, and this helps me spread my frequency to more souls in need. Finally, if you want to connect with me deeper, want to reach out, interested in coaching, Please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Harrison Ma, Ma spelled M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Sending you so much love.
Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music.